All right. This is James Fuller, the host of my students' favorite movie, the podcast. And we're on episode two. And today I have one of my favorite students, Alec. Alec, you want to say hey? Hi. (laughs) Alec is here to tell us about her favorite movie, which and I'll get into this in a second. I was super shocked watching this movie, knowing that it was her favorite movie. But uh, <laughs> Alec, why don't you tell us what your tell us what your favorite movie is? The Green Mile. The Green Mile. Uh, yes, Green Mile came out in the year nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and uh, it it was a pretty big success. It was reviewed very well. I guess it's considered kind of a classic modern classic now and it's based on the Stephen King novel which a lot of people don't seem to know that actually I didn't that it's based on yeah I I didn't actually I didn't even know until I kind of looked into it but yeah it's uh, Stephen King The Green Mile 1996 and apparently the movie's pretty true to the book so there you go and I guess that's really the only important information about it so, Alec, before we get into it, tell us why The Green Mile is your favorite movie. Uh, this is kind of cheesy, but when I was That's little... half this podcast. <laughs> when I was little, um, me and my sister and my dad would go to a hunting, a hunting lodge um, my cousin's fiancé owned. And there'd be people all over the United States there. And every night we were there, we'd pretty much just sit down and watch The Green Mile. So it's like pretty much my childhood. It's like how I bonded with family and friends. I see. So it was almost like an experiential thing for you. It wasn't just about the movie. It was about the people you were with when you saw it. Yeah. That's such a cool thing because I feel like a lot of people feel like that about certain movies like movies you grew up with watching with your family I'm like that like a bunch of bands too that's why I listen to most of the bands I listen to yeah I don't want to get too off topic but you and you and I when we first talked about doing this with our class were immediately thinking when can we do this with with music and bands I cannot wait that's gonna be my favorite (laughs) You're already thinking about it. That, yeah, I that's think that's going to be fun. About. We're, we're going to get into that because I think that this is going pretty well for us so far. So we can probably get into some My Favorite Band kind of podcast pretty soon. Uh, so you, you have a history of this movie with your family. And I have to ask, because I know we talked about this before, but people listening don't know. So did you guys watch this on TV? Um, Sometimes it was a TV version. Sometimes it was the movie version. But growing up, I remember okay. the movie version. I mean, the TV version more. The reason I asked is I was, I was watching this for the first time in, in years uh, so to get ready for this. And I was watching this and thinking, wow, this is the language in this is really rough. I, I can't believe this is her favorite movie, but it sounds like some of the versions you watched were almost TV versions with some of the language out, which explains a lot. 
those are the ones I've been watching more recently, mainly because if I watched the movie version, I'd be killed. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's not. It's not even that gory or anything. It's just so much language for even for an R-rated movie with Tom Hanks. It's a lot. Yeah. But it's a good movie. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of trivia. Um, three men, or obviously they were men, three actors were already going to be asked to be the character of Paul before they got to Tom Hanks. And one of them actually turned the role down. Uh, do you? Could you guess any of these actors? And I know that you know who one of them is. Trying to guess, I couldn't think of any because like, I give you a hint with Tom Hanks. It's just kind of iconic at this point with him. So. When Stephen King found out that it was Tom Hanks, he was excited because that was his first choice. I mean, I definitely would have casted him as Paul. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I can't see anybody else in the role. Um, the guy who turned it down before him was in a very famous musical as the male lead many, many years before this movie came out. Was that music? It involved. Movie? Yes, it was. <laughs> that was really Yes. Wow. That was really good. I did not expect you to figure that out. Yeah. It's John Travolta. I can't even imagine I him don't in this know role. Many musicals that would have a good guy lead in it that was like really good. Besides that. Right. One. Yeah. Oh, it, it makes sense. I, could you even imagine him in this movie? After hearing him sing Summer Nights, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just can't see him getting the accent down. I when I see him, I just think Danny. You know, is he gonna? All right, guys, let's go down to the 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 jailhouse and uh, go lock him. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Uh, so the other two actors were Michael Douglas and Michael Keaton, who maybe you remember Michael Keaton as Batman or Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. I love Beetlejuice. Yeah. I feel like Michael Keaton would have done okay in this, but Tom Hanks is just too good. Uh, so a fun, fun question for you. How many mice do you think were needed to film the movie. They had multiple mice uh, used to get it finished. How many do you think they had to use total? I feel like this would be a little much, but I would say at least 10. You're, you're pretty close. It's 15. Really? And they did not, you know, the uh, scene where they crushed the mice or the mouse. They did not. They used okay. a puppet, thankfully. Oh, no, um, and just one more. You would have cried, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. The mi the mice were not harmed. Okay, that's good. Um, the only other weird thing is that when Stephen King came on set, Tom Hanks would never break character. 
And when King asked if he could sit in the electric chair, Tom Hanks refused and said that this is my, uh, this is my mile and you're not going to sit in the chair. Because <laughs> he was in character. Method acting. Right? It's pretty, pretty crazy. I didn't know he would do that for movies, but I guess he does. Uh, so I guess we can get in the awards. The Hannah Montana Climb Award for the Green Mile. And this is for the actor who maybe did not have a big career before the movie, but then this movie came along and they were a somebody. And I, my, I don't know what your answer to this was, but my only answer I could think of was Sam Rockwell as Wild Bill because he had kind of a big Hollywood career after this. I don't really... There's there's a lot of semi-famous actors in this, aren't there? I would agree with you with Sam Rockwell because I actually did look into this. This is the one question I focused the, the most on. I went through most of the people in the cast that were like main characters. I was like, and I looked at what movie came out in what year and like, and after this movie came out, he did get the most roles out of all of them. And he didn't have, he only had like five or seven movies before this one. And they weren't big movies before. No, I'd never heard of any of them. Right. There's some there's some big movies in this after uh he was in Charlie's Angels yeah. <laughs> immediately after. Uh and then a lot of cool uh stuff like Mashstick Men with Nicolas Cage. I'm just looking through his page right now. Iron Man two. Yeah, when I saw that one I was like, Oh yeah, that award definitely goes to him. Yeah, I mean this really kind of sent him into the stratosphere. For yeah. sure. And I guess you could say uh, the the uh, Michael Clark Duncan, who plays John Coffey. Yeah. This was kind of his first big role. He was apparently he was a, uh, a bodyguard before this movie. I could see that. Probably for the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Was the Jonas Brothers oh, thing in 1999? No. No. I just want to believe it. <laughs> uh, I think the reason I think that is because his nickname was Big Mike, which I think is the name of the Jonas Brothers bodyguard as well. <laughs> Only you would know that. Oh, man. I'm embarrassing myself so bad right now. Uh, I, you're probably going to do better on this next award than me. I couldn't really think of anything. It's the Tom Cruise, my team is dead overacting award. So who does the biggest, like, oh my gosh, you're going too hard on the acting in this movie. There was a couple scenes when it was definitely Sam Rockwell. Rockwell? (laughs) Yeah. Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple scenes when it was him. Yeah. But then there's like one or two scenes where it was that one bodyguard, um, the one they put like in the like isolation. Yeah. Thing. I don't know his name. Uh, uh, oh gosh. Percy. Percy. Yeah. 
and there was times it was him. So between them two, it would that award would go to them. Yeah, I, even though Wild Bill is supposed to be kind of over the top and crazy, there's a couple scenes where you just are thinking this it's is a little too this over is the too top. much. Yeah, somebody, I guess somebody liked it because people considered him a real actor after this. And I, yeah, I agree about Percy too. He was Molly's favorite character. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're supposed to hate him. He's just so, oh, he's so mean. Let's see. Ah, the Crocodile Tears Award for the most unrealistic performance i guess this is kind of for just bad acting um and i i don't know this is such a well acted movie i didn't immediately have anything so i guess i'm gonna have to defer to you i don't know it's a it's a good movie there's not really a lot of fake acting in it there really isn't We'll just skip this one. The movie's too good. We can't do it. <laughs> um, other actors who could have been cast. So you said Tom Hanks was just irreplaceable for you. So we're not Maybe even going to touch that. But are there any? Oh, this is this is. Uh, I, well, let me ask you first. Are there any actors that you feel like could have done better in certain roles in this movie? I feel like some of the characters could have been switched around with like who was playing them. But other than that, I think everyone belongs to the movie. I don't think anyone else should have really been recasted. Yeah. It's, I, I think after you've seen this movie enough times, you're just so set on certain characters in, in these roles. You just don't want to see it any other way. Um, so this is the last kind of big piece of trivia I have for you. They got Michael Clark Duncan to play John Coffey. He used to be a bodyguard. Um, obviously, he's really cool in that role. He's just so big. Do you know who was originally going to be John Coffey? <laughs> I couldn't believe this when I read it. I don't know. But I feel like if you told me, I could actually see it. Yeah. Well, there were a couple of guys, and the first guy was kind of obvious. It was uh, Ving Rhames, who was in all the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Yeah. But that's not the one that I was... Okay, get ready to, to have your jaw drop. Shaquille O'Neal. I was thinking that. <laughs> I was actually thinking that. Do you think I, I mean, he was actually in a movie before this? It was terrible, but I think I'll have to get your answer to this. But I think he probably kills the movie with bad acting. I feel like he should just stick to the general commercials. Yeah, just being a basketball analyst, stick to basketball. I am uh, excited to see LeBron in this new Space Jam movie because he was good in a couple other movies he was in. 
Yeah. I can't really think of uh, other basketball actors. Well, Michael Jordan, obviously, and then uh, Ray Allen was in um, – he got game with Denzel Washington. <laughs> it's the only basketball actors I know. Uh, what did you have for most quotable line? <laughs> um, the one I put was "People hurt the ones they love." That's how it is all around the world by John Coffey. Oh, that's good. Mainly because I feel like that's the um, um, gosh, what is it? The line people can relate to the most, in a way. It's very universal. Yeah. Yeah, that's, man, I can't top that. That's good. Uh, what, this movie is over 20 years old now. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, does it, when you watch it? No, it doesn't. It still feels kind of, kind of current, probably because it's set uh, uh, like a century ago. So it's still, you know, it's not a '90s movie in in the same sense as like Clueless or something, where it's all dated. Yeah. But uh, what's age the worst for you? I didn't really think anything aged the worst. But I do feel like as, like, politics change and people view the world differently, some aspect of the movie could be what mm. people find the worst about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this still gets released today and it's still a, a nominee for a lot of awards. The only thing I could think of is that this movie kind of started a trend of African-American characters in movies that are sort of, uh, you know, lots of like, yes, boss, and that kind of stuff. And they're very uh, serving to the white characters. And it, it kind of started a whole thing in Hollywood with these weird white people say try to save the African-American character and not that that's a bad thing, but it just seems like that was has been played out so much that if you make the movie now, people say, oh, this again. Yeah, that's about the only downside to the movie I could actually think of. Yeah, but I, I mean, at the time, it was a new idea. It wasn't just this overdone thing that we have now to try to get people to give you an award for being not racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So what's, what's aged the best? What still like holds up really well? There's probably a lot of stuff for this. Um, the fact that it's a really good movie. Hmm. It's still really good, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Can't say anything about it that I don't like. Besides some characters, but you don't. Right, you don't. You don't watch this like you watch Mean Girls and go, "Oh, haha!" Remember flip phones? Yeah. You know, 
you have to kind of watch those movies with this assumption that, oh, it was 2004. <laughs> but not this one. Yeah. Uh, did you know the guy who plays John Coffey died in 2012? Yes, actually. I was sad to figure that out. Yeah, I just now found that out. I did not know that. I figured that out uh, like earlier this morning. Really? Oh, so we both found that out today. Yeah, I watched a video about Tom Hanks talking about that at his funeral. Yeah, he yeah, he did. I thought that was really nice. Me too. Uh so now I gotta ask you for your five word pitch to to get people to see this movie if they haven't seen it. And I feel like a lot of people maybe haven't. What's your five word sell for this movie? Well, it's very emotional. Kind of horrifying. That's five words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very emotional. Kind of horrifying. Well, it is. That's true. No, it's actually, that's a good way to put it. The scene with uh, the sponge is not wet scene is yeah, that's, rough. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got a five word pitch. What <laughs> you is ready it? for this? <laughs> Lieutenant Dan is in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm just a big Gary Sinise fan. He's and now my five word pitch does not include Gary, uh, Gary Sinise or Lieutenant Dan is in it for 30 seconds. <laughs> That was really weird, wasn't it? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like I do, but I can't exactly like pinpoint where in the movie it was. You seen? Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yes. Who hasn't? So you know, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Stupid question. Have you? Have, so you know who Lieutenant Dan is? Actually. Yes, I know who. Lieutenant are you a Tom Hanks? Are you are you a Tom Hanks scholar? Oh, so we can have this discussion then, because I didn't know if you would be able to have this discussion. Is this, what do you consider like Tom Hanks's peak as an actor? Like, is it, is it early 90s? Is it late 90s? Is it early 2000s? Is it now? Like, what set of movies do you think is his Mount Rushmore? Okay, like, what year did Forrest Gump come out? Let me look up his filmography. That was like late 90s, wasn't it? Uh, mid, I guess. Let's see here. Here we go. We've got... It was like 97, Goodness wasn't it? great. 94, 94. Oh. Right before Apollo 13 and Toy Story. Man, this guy. He's just in everything. Just the this whole, is, okay, look, like, 90s section of his career. Listen to this list of movies all in a row. Sleepless in Seattle, 
with Meg Ryan. Awesome movie if you've never seen it. Uh, Philadelphia, which we watched. Do you remember that with Denzel? Uh, he has AIDS. He's a, he's a lawyer. We watched that. Yeah, I think we watched part of it in class. We might have watched part of it's it. It's good we anyway. So many movies, <laughs> I can't keep up. Yeah, that's true. So, Sleepless in Seattle, the the romantic movie, uh, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo thirteen, Toy Story. That Thing You Do, which is a music movie. You would love it because you're a music person. Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, Green Mile, Cast Away, Road to Perdition, Catch Me If You Can. Oof. Definitely the part of his career that was in the 90s. That's the best 10 year. That's 10 years of movies I just shot off. That's the best 10 years I think anyone has ever had. Uh, you can't yeah. top it. Um, do you have a top three Tom Hanks favorite movies? I, I, did, I did not ask you this before. This is on the spot, and I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Um, Green Mile, Forrest Gump, and... I'm going to have to say Toy Story 2. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Toy Story 2 and maybe 3 are the best. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Toy Story 1 people, but you can go sit in the back. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, but I yeah, the the weird like 32nd Lieutenant Dan cameo is just so odd. I feel like maybe he had some contractual <laughs> obligation to be in a Tom Hanks movie. And he's like, okay, 30 seconds. I'm done. They should make more Tom Hanks movies with them two together. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just such a big Gary Sinise fan. I don't even know if he's... I don't think he's still making movies. Uh, but did you know Gary Sinise is a musician and uh, he plays bass in the Lieutenant Dan Band? No, I didn't even know there was a Lieutenant Dan band. Yep, yep. He He's the bass player for the band, and they do a lot of, like, military tours, you know? Yeah. I think all their, all their proceeds go toward military stuff. And he is still... Right, yeah, he just seems like a great guy. Yeah. He... Is still doing stuff. He was a narrator in Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, that was a good movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great movie. He plays a an animal in the animated movie Open Season in 06. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I love Open Season. Uh, he's in that new, I guess it's that Christian romantic drama called I Still Believe. It just he came out. Did you? Yeah, he's in it. Apparently, I I haven't seen it because I don't need to see the movie A Walk to Remember a third time. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't usually watch mean. movies like that. 
Well, I, you know, I think they definitely have an audience, but to me, they all kind of come off as the same movie. Once you've seen A Walk to Remember, you've kind of seen every every one of those. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail from the uh, that that group of people after this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I take it all back. It's a great movie, I'm sure. <laughs> um. Anyway, well. This was fun. Do you have any closing thoughts about the Green Mile? The people who haven't seen it, they should definitely go see it. Maybe just not yeah, the parents, Pre- preferably. But... Do you think this is a movie you should like uh, see with people you love, and and why? Um, if you're a child, no. <laughs> Yeah, what's the age where you feel like maybe don't show your kid this movie? Um, definitely. Or watch it on TV. Like, definitely do not let anyone under the age of 10 see it. Right. Or anyone over the age of 10 that gets scared and horrified easily. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's not even graphic. It's just there's a lot of subject matter that you want to make sure they're mature enough to deal with. Yeah. But I would, yeah, there's not anyone in our class yeah, like that I feel really, like. really like sensitive handle. to like death? Definitely not. Mm. Yeah, that's the only scene that. Makes that, that little mouse. I get grossed out when then whenever it's the, a, don't worry it's a puppet Alec it's a puppet it's wet okay. sponge that still grosses me out I know it's fake but it's no I'm with you it's horrifying seeing that mask catch on fire and then they're talking about how you can still smell it yeah oh, like the room yeah, like you can actually smell it the the part of that scene for me that really got me is when they ask him to turn it off and he said, he goes, he ain't dead yet. Yeah, that was brutal. That's just, like you, as the as an audience member, you say to yourself, oh, he's, he's still in pain. Well, if he wasn't dead, he was going to be in pain all his life after that, so... You, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they, that's why they keep the machine on. Is you have to at that point, you've got to kill him. It's a mercy killing at that point. Yeah. There's a lot of moral questions in this movie. Like, do you think they should have let him go at the end? I feel like he redeemed himself enough to be let go, but I feel like they should have still like kept an eye on him instead of just killing him right then. John Coffey? Yeah. The problem, yeah, the problem is everyone thinks he's guilty but those three guys. Or three, four guys, whatever it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't even him at the end, was it? No, no. Well, uh, if if you're, if, if you've never seen this movie, you need to just not listen to this. But... <laughs> But no, it's it's Wild Bill. Wild Bill was the one who killed the girls. That's what I thought. 
So yeah, John Coffey didn't do anything wrong. But then you also saw what happened in Wild Bill. So they had a pennant on somebody, and I guess the town just shows him. Yeah, yeah, it was is weird. Uh, the kid in me watches it and asks, "Why can't they just tell everybody that Wild Bill did it?" But I, I guess they that's no just proof. not an option back then, right? They they have their their guilty person that they want to punish, and the yeah, that's just racism and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a great movie. Um, kind of. The ending is very interesting where he says he's like 108 years old. But other than that, it's a really good movie. Yeah, it really is. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that we learned that Shaquille O'Neal was not uh, John Coffey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I agree with you. I think everybody should see this. It's a great message. It's a great... Uh, it's a great family movie if everybody's of age. Um, not really like in the Toy Story sense of a family movie, but more in the let's watch something with a real message. So yeah. everybody should see it. And I want to thank Alec for coming on and being the special guest on my second episode of my student's favorite movie. Well, She's a, a great me. student. You're so welcome. You're, you're not only a great student, but you're just a, a, a family to me. So it's just really special to do this. And I'm sure we'll have to podcast again soon about something else like this. Oh, yes, definitely. Let, let me go ahead. Before we sign off, uh, let me ask what uh, album or band would you do for my students' favorite album slash band? That is a cruel question. Uh <laughs> Give me three, and maybe we'll get feedback on what people want. Okay, I was about to say, I could give you three, but no more. Um, It would definitely okay. be between Kiss, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. Ooh, good. Okay. We'll do one of those if we start that podcast. You get first dibs. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> All right. Well, this was uh, episode two of my students' favorite movie. Thank you, whoever is going to listen, and uh, maybe we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>